You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode number 22. This week's artist, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hey, my friends, you're right on time. Look around. If you have to ask, head under the bridge to the other side, behind that sun-made raisin sign, simply tear off that ready-made scar tissue to easily enter the parallel universe where you can't stop until you find the original Funky Monks, your hosts, Rob Heitman and Jacob Newkirk. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How you like? Pretty good, huh? That uh, was a good one. I don't understand the southern accent part. I don't know. I, I was just doing it, and it sort of sounded fun. I don't know. Why I was, not? I said I'd do it slower. I was trying to say red hot chili peppers, and in that voice, red hot chili peppers. It didn't sound quite right, so I'm like, red hot chili peppers. <laughs> so you had to go with it. So I went with chili that. Uh, no offense to anybody. My family lives in Mississippi, <laughs> so I can kind of do a little bit. Welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we rank Ooh. the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Red Hot Chili Pepper songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brews. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. I'd like to thank everybody who's been active on our Facebook page, although I can't send a shout out to everyone. I'd like to take a quick second to send a special shout out to Alex Hennon, Carissa Rettenberg, Alberto Sandoval, Charlotte Shepard, and Sean Martin for being active on our Facebook page. So we just finished drinking something and we had our first we'll try it in a while and uh, yeah, it's been a bit it's called the headless prairie chicken is what we decided to call it and it's interesting so check that out a week from the end of this podcast so jake tell me how the music of anthony Kiedis, flea and company impacted the world of jacob newkirk i think the first i ever heard of him uh, a friend of mine had the cassette single of under the bridge and played it that was the hit song at the time. So that was my first exposure to him. And then uh, just after time digging into the catalog, not so much the past stuff, but I was kind of just a fan of that album moving forward. Later on, kind of dug in. But what you could say about the band is they're, they're just, the guys brilliantly married that psychedelic kind of funk punk and hard rock in a way that's just unique. Like when you hear that band, you know it's them. And when I think of them, it's just like that feel good, nostalgic time in life. Yeah. No, I totally get it. When I first went, it was like, I heard higher ground was the first song yeah. i heard by them i've come to find out it's a stevie wonder song mm-hmm. but their version was so solid i'm pretty sure the first time i heard about them i was in college and i was starting to get into the music scene and listening to a lot of different stuff and their stuff was amazing i think the first album i got was uh what was it uh probably uh blood sugar sex magic and then i had got what hits mm. then i got mother's milk and then i got one hot minute I think that was where I started, and then from there it was just... It's a good uh, rounded, centric kind of uh, selection there. Yeah, I mean, that's just generally where I came into mm-hmm. the whole process. So I think You don't need to go outside of those, really. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, there, there's some quality stuff outside of that. Yeah, there is. So Jake brought some beer today. Tell us about the beer you brought today, Jake. Yeah, well, we had discussed, um, obviously, Chili Peppers, if we could get that theme going that we like to do. And I know we're both fans of Stone, and we're familiar with, they had a series called Crime and Punishment um, that was, you know, infused with uh, spicy peppers and jalapenos and whatnot. But I don't know. I don't think they're making it right now, or it's just hard to find. So, last minute kind of decision was looking for micheladas, and um, some of the... The stores I went to didn't have the greatest variety, so we were kind of stuck with the Budweiser version with the Clamato and Picante, so it's a little bit spicy. We're going to kick it up right with um, some of this sauce that you had, the small axe peppers, habanero mango, just to make it you know, make it count. Sure. Um, but it's, it's good. If you're in the mood for micheladas and the canned versions, then this is a, a decent one. 
And if you're looking for beer, you don't just have to go to the Circle K. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this, this is definitely one you can find uh, in your 7-Eleven or something. But no, I'm kidding. Um, after these, also to keep with the theme of like the chili peppers, I did find the, the backup beer that we can move on to. Ballast Point Brewing, which is a good one. And this is the California Kolsch. So I picked it because there's so many Chili Pepper songs where he says California. I mean, it just seemed to be, if we're going to go that angle and work that gimmick, then this is where we're going. Okay, let's taste it. It it yeah. looks pink. or Yeah, it's a weird color. Yeah, Maybe it's, it's like the a, clams. Yeah, it's the clams <laughs> and the tomatoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Definitely a little Bloody Mary-ish mm-hmm. with the beer, uh, like all Micheladas are supposed to be. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. With the the axe peppers, just gives a little bite, which I'm sure wouldn't have been there otherwise. Uh, it's not too bad though. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You gotta be in the mood for these because, like I said, if you're if you're full after you just had a meal, you're probably not gonna be into this. But yeah, this is sometimes beer. you want that. You need a meal replacement yeah. beer. This is it, right? Okay. Uh, before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share under 15 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we need to highlight. Then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search, quote, official dirty dozen, unquote, on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We've also created a current episode playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. Okay, Jake. What's your red hot pili- <laughs> pili- <laughs> pili peppers? <laughs> What's your red hot chili peppers song of note? Uh, my song of note. Well, this one, it was kind of tough with this one. I knew what songs were going to be in my top 12, more or less. But I wanted to to pick something that kind of, I don't know, was, was important in its own way. So I went with um, a song, like they have many that are on a soundtrack. But this was off the Pretty Woman soundtrack, and it was an early one called Show Me Your Soul, and that was in 1990. Um, and the reason why I, I think it kind of stands out is I feel like this song, it was kind of foreshadowing what was about to come in that next album being Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic, um, especially vocally. I think with Anthony Kiedis, he he kind of had found sort of his, his style and his um, delivery, but apart from that, it's super catchy, and I just love the vocal delivery. And even the lyrics, like the sentimental gentleman, like just kind of the way that he delivers all that. It's it's, it's really cool. Like yeah. I think the only uh, Chili Peppers album it is on is What Hits. Right, right later on in right. 92. And as I mentioned, that was one of the yeah. first albums I had. Uh, and the really weird thing about this, and this is what I got when I listened to it. I listen to music, and I hear where it comes from kind of sometimes. Uh, this song, in the beginning, it's sort of a funk group. reminded me a little of Prince. Right, <laughs> the vocal line comes in and it reminded me of Ongo Bongo of all oh, things. Yeah, but, I could hear yeah. and it's okay. And then the rap part was like De La Soul, <laughs> me myself and I. It was it was all in that same space. Yeah. And then the chorus was Depeche Mode, right? Interesting. <laughs> Sentimental. <laughs> no, it was. It, it really, I could see that with like the baritone vocal. It was. It was, it was like they just took like all these these music yeah. uh, pieces and made a puzzle yeah. and put it together so uh let's take a listen to jake's song of note here is show me your soul don't be cool show me your soul 
Okay, that was Show Me Your Soul, uh, Jake's Song of Note. Now, my Song of Note, I thought about, because uh, Higher Ground is a cover, I thought about doing that, because it's one of my favorite songs, and generally I don't put covers on my list. Mm. I thought about actually doing it in this case, but I didn't. I said, for me, what song did I love at the time that's outside of the top 12, certainly, because it's a cover, too, and it was on a movie soundtrack. To your point, and it was like, I was like Beavis and Butthead. Good pick. Good <laughs> yeah. pick. So I, I I did a love roller coaster. That's a good one. It's just so sweet. I love the rotary feel of the speakers. I got that funny feeling in my tummy. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. You can almost hear like the Butthead. You <laughs> that better than I do. Yeah. They got kazoo's and Anthony Kiedis put some new raps on top of that. I actually saw Beavis and Butthead do America do in the theater. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it was like, oh. And they had the video on MTV uh, for Love Roller Coaster, and it's them all in the cartoon the land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Listening to this, I almost hear, she wants to ride. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's that sort of thing over when yep. I'm listening to it. Uh, anything else on it? Because um, I don't know. Who was playing guitar in the band at that time? Was it Frusciani? No, that oh. was uh, Navarro. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah. Oh. They did this right around uh, One Hot Minute. Let's hear a little bit of Love Roller Coaster. And the sad thing is, if you are on a streaming service, you can't get it. But I actually own <laughs> own the track so uh, on my CD, which means I own the soundtrack to Beef Smooth to yeah. America. <laughs> There's no shame in it. There's a little shame, just a tiny bit. <laughs> so let's hear a little bit of Love Roller Coaster. Okay, as much as I want to listen to that whole song. Yeah, it's a good tune. Yeah, that was my song of note, Love Roller Coaster, off Beavis and Butthead Do America, back in 1996. Wow. I know. It's crazy, huh? So, uh, Jake, we're going to do 12, 11, 10, a lot of stuff. So. All right, jumping in? Yeah, let's jump in. You know how we always say there's a, we want to pick songs that are representative of the catalog and, and not just strictly all the, the ones that I want to selfishly pick. So that being said, I reluctantly pick this next song. That's why it's number 12 off of Californication. And this is Scar Tissue. Okay. And I only say that because it was so overplayed and, and around the time I was just um, exhausted of it. But this this kind of represented their, their new melodic rock style. I think you could tell where it was a transition in their career. But the chorus is one of the catchiest. It's super recognizable. That really cool guitar slide solo. It had to be in here. I, I couldn't snub it. It had to be in the list. Scar Tissue is one of those songs that the background vocals actually work pretty well with. Oh, totally. John Fusciani and his high harmonies set every album that he's on apart by doing that. And his guitar solos were really, really good yeah, on yeah. that. It's just melodic and sort of haunting where he went at it. Mm. It's tasty, but there's not a lot of dynamic movement in that song. Mm-mm. It, it's it's right. like a, it's a one, radio song. one note type of hit. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I'm going to hold off a little bit just okay. in case I want to talk about it. I actually saw on them the on side. this tour. The only time I saw them. Um, Californication? Yeah. It was actually New Year's Eve, 1999 into 2000. And remember, everyone was freaking out that the computers Oh, were wow. Going. You were there like when the world yeah, was going to end. Yeah, so they played at the Forum. I was sick as a dog and, and we were there and waiting for like midnight to hit that the lights were going to turn out or something. But it didn't happen, obviously. And uh, it was a good show. All right, great. So let's hear uh, Jake's number 12. 
a song. I this is on Californication. It's like one of those songs you know you you think you know songs on an album, but I don't think I heard this one. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, let's, let's hear Scar Tissue. Jake's number twelve. Okay, that's Jake's number 12, yep. Scar Tissue. It's interesting, in the beginning of the clip we just heard, Kiedis talks about sarcastic Mr. Know-it-all, and do you know who he's talking about? Hmm. That's Dave Navarro. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, that's Yeah, what, I know, they uh, had some beef. Well, they, they, <clears throat> he calls him the king of sarcasm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, just a sidebar. Okay, I'm going to run into my number 12. Mine is off of Mother's Milk. Knock Me Down. Yeah, good one. Yeah, heavy guitar riff with bass kind of starts it off. The verse is okay, and I think that's what really kept it down on my list for it. The verse part doesn't really get me. Uh, it's not that catchy. Yeah. It's kind of off-putting almost, mm-hmm. but the chorus is so that's strong. That's catchy, yep, I agree. And it's so powerful and really what it means to the band. And it seems like with the verse, it's like Kiedis is not actually hitting the notes he needs to hit with the chords that are being played underneath. It's yeah. just, there's, there's just little offness yeah. about it. And Mother's Milky was still getting to that yeah, point it was where a, he the was maturity, a, I think, a good singer. Yeah. yeah, I was only going to say about that chorus, yeah, this is the catchy one and there's something to it. And um, also, I really like the line, it's so lonely when you don't even know yourself. Um, that always stood out to me in that song. But yeah, that's all. If you think about it, it was a really weird time for the band and this song meant so much. I mean, they just finished dealing with the loss of their guitar player, Havel died after uh, the Uplift MoFo party plan. And right before they sat down and they have this new guitarist now, John, for uh, Mother's Milk. And they come out and they write this song. And it's heavy and it's saying what Kiedis really wanted to say to Halel while he was alive. And, uh, and what he's telling the other band to say to him, you know, if you see me getting by, if you see me getting high, knock me down. Uh, so it's just heavy. The guitar players, it's so hard to keep track. <laughs> Actually, in uh, Chili Peppers, it became this rotating door. They used to joke to say that it was a, uh, what was it, like Spinal Tap. For drum for drummers is like Chili Peppers for guitar players. So anyway, yeah, the guitar players and and Chili Peppers is just confusing. Yeah, it's crazy with all the guitar players. Yeah, it's hard to keep track. And even like we said, some would disappear and then come back. And some guys were not even on for an album; they were just there yeah, for a, on a tour. cup of water yeah. or on a video, <laughs> mm-hmm. as the case may be. Anyway, let's hear my number twelve. Knock me down. Okay, my number 11, I'm going to shift gears. Okay. Heading out of uh, Mother's Milk. Fast forward a couple years to one hot minute. Uh Uh, My number 11 is Coffee Shop. Yeah, good pick. Guitar lick with the wah. It starts off, the bass comes in hard. Love the love the verse. It's just really good. As the vocal line goes down and then he kind of does that weird thing, makes it interesting. Chorus is good, but the verse really makes the song. I like the funky breakdown, the bass work mm-hmm. is great, and there's even like a little bass solo in there towards yeah. the end. Yeah, great song. Yeah, 
uh, I always think it's just such a nasty bass line. I love this this song for that reason. It's another one. I mean, of many were fleas, the spotlight practically the whole time. But um, yeah, I'm glad you picked this one because it was close to mine, but didn't make my list. Okay. No. And I also, get it. what is free whack the cheek? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's there's some lyrics that he throws in there, and half of the time I'm listening to the instrumentals. Yeah, same here. Around it. I think they originally were going to call this, the working title for this was Baseballs. Of all <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it was the last single from uh, One Hot Minute. So it was such a weird time with Navarro trying to fit into that culture. and Yeah, but I love this album a lot. It's special. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. A lot of people do. It's funny. Uh, I think it's a good album. I just don't think it's their best album. Or, no, I wouldn't say that either. Yeah, yeah. But it's its own. But yeah, it was one of my one of my first CDs, so. Uh, let's hear a little bit of Coffee Shop. My number 11. Okay, that was my number 11, Coffee Shop, off of One Hot Minute. It's a good example of, I think, that riffing, like the the metal overrode the funk in this album. And, and not in a bad way, but it kind of was a different approach, guitaring style. Well, it was Navarro, was generally, totally. because, yeah. because all the other guitarists kind of fit in with Fle- whatever Flea was doing. Yeah. And Navarro was his own beast, mm. and Navarro wanted to do things his way. He didn't want to have to wait for doing it, yeah. people telling him how to do things. Fitting into some soundscape. He didn't even want to jam with them. Like in the, I remember reading that Scar Tissue book where, like, Flea would call him up, like, "Hey, you want to come over and jam?" He's like, "Why?" He didn't understand. He's like, "Why would we do that? It doesn't make sense." It was just coming from a different space and approach to you know the career and the band. But yeah, everybody knows that Navarro was uh, Jane's Addiction's guitarist. Yeah, and he was also on Rockstar uh, Supernova. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> and on like tattoo shows and stuff. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. On some. He was he was a big MTV guy too. Yeah, yeah. He was a very public front mm-hmm. guy. He's like a yeah. He's, he's definitely got that image. I mean, and it's kind of weird that he'd be like number three on the Chili Peppers. I'm sure that was weird for him. True. Although he he looked like he fit with them too when you looked at him. I mean, he never wears a shirt like they don't. <laughs> oh sure, sure. And I mean, heck, he you know kissed Keith a couple times, right? Oh my God, yeah. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right, what do you have at number 11? My 11 is still off of that, that same album, Californication. This one I like a little bit better, and this was Around the World. Oh, okay. Um, this one was, I think, the highlight to that album for me that it has a really energetic intro with that fuzzed-out bass that you're hearing. Funky verses and kind of what we talked about before with John Frusciante doing those great backing vocals that he really was just, he was my he's my favorite yeah he guitarist. just paints this like all this stuff that probably the average listener is Peppers hearing. guitarist yeah. yeah 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 but like a lot of people probably don't pick up on a lot of the things he's doing even just vocally not even to mention his guitar style and his approach with flea but yeah he just it's like painting um these little delicate colors around everything that you know it just makes the song yeah that line uh, alabama baby say hallelujah Mm. Good God, girl! I wish I knew you. That mm. that section was actually about a uh, attractive choir girl he saw in an Al- in Alabama when he was there. Anyway, a little sidebar. <laughs> I'm not in love with the chorus on this again. There's well, that's when it's like Frusciante doing that Oz and yeah. Stuff but I, I thought I thought the, the harmony based in the backgrounds didn't work on this one for me. That was just oh. me. I like the verse. Obviously, it had that repetitive guitar lick in there, which is 
always good. I, <laughs> although sometimes I'm like, let me just hit a freaking looper. Give me a looper. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, the groove really starts grabbing on this one. And, uh, and Anthony Kiedis is just talking gibberish at the end of this. I, that, sometimes I want to... Oh, yeah, the ding-dong ding. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like... He's like, I don't have any words for this, so here we go. Well, no, that's... Yeah, I think what I'd heard was that in the demo, he did that because he didn't write anything yet. And then Claire, I think, is um, Flea's daughter. Yeah. She she was always around when they were writing stuff, and she heard it as a kid and loved it, and she was telling them to leave it the way we sing ding-dong, ding-ding. So he just left it in the song like that. Oh, okay. So it was to accommodate her uh, preference lyrically. <laughs> it, it's funny, I mean, because it comes across as laziness. It does. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Having Hearing the story, it's still like, okay, I get it, but still, I mean, you have listeners out there who, uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds a little like... I don't know, not racist, but it sounds like he's trying to do a Chinese uh Maybe a little bit, yeah. Well, it is. I yeah. think he's just trying to scat in his yeah. own sort of Anthony Kiedis way. Yeah. So uh, let's listen to Jake's number 11, Around the World, off of Californication. Yeah, Alabama, baby, said, hallelujah, good doctor, I wish you knew ya. That's Jake's number 11 around the world off of Californication. Yep. <laughs> I, lo- I love that sort of, uh, you know, riff-based stuff. Mm-hmm. He's really good at coming up with riffs. He used to sit, for Santi, mm-hmm. literally all day on his days off, he'd sit home and write. Just write. Right, you yeah. He, he's one of those guys who, like, sleeps with his guitar and... Um, and, and literally, yeah. literally they, they said it was crazy that... All he does is sit and come up with licks, and yeah. he takes some licks and licks and licks and licks yeah. until he comes up with somebody likes, and he doesn't even care. He just keep building it and building it. Uh-huh. And they even joked that he could have probably written the album by himself in a half an hour. You know, a little <laughs> joke, but yeah, he's a uh, very creative and really the only member besides maybe Hillel who really, when you saw them perform, I've seen tapes of them perform uh, during this period. It's the three front men performing mm-hmm. they're all out there and yeah, really his, killing his it his presence is definitely felt and, and seen because a lot of the other guys were kind of like oh I'm in the back or I'm my own person and I'm not the same yeah. beast but it seemed like the same beast yeah because like I said yeah. he, the guy he lives music so he's out there and just like yeah he's he's one with it okay so what is your number 10 wow we're fine um, okay number 10 we're moving into one hot minute now this one is a song I didn't care for much when it came out. Uh, maybe it was too upbeat or poppy, but it's Aeroplane. Okay. Um, I think Flea's bass playing in the verses really dominates the song. Navarro kind of struggles to play his funk guitar behind it, which is understood. But at the end, it has the, the kindergarten class singing. I think it was Flea's daughter's class doing the, the kid vocals and everything. But Yeah, if you pan it towards the left... Uh... She, Clara is the one singing the loudest on the left. Oh. If you, if you really want to get anal about it, I I'm trying to, trying to catch <laughs> I might it get anal. And you know what this song was? Uh, it was based on a traditional blues song called "Jesus Is My Airplane." Mm. I didn't know that before. I doing the research yeah, for this. So uh, yeah, it's kind of cool that the wah guitar is tasty on here. I love the kind of ethereal feeling in the beginning. Actually, it's catchy and it's good. The verse is good, and the funk bass is always awesome. Yep. Uh, vocal line is good too. That's sometimes where they struggle, but 
it, it's really it's really catchy really good and nice groove like it so here's jake's number 10 off of one hot minute aeroplane the plane boss the plane <laughs> Okay, that's Jake's number 10, right? I think so. Yeah. Let me uh, double check. Yep. Aeroplane. Okay, so I guess I am up with my number 10. And mine is off of Hillel's last album. So there we go. The Uplift <laughs> Mofo Party Plan. And it's called Fight Like a Brave. Oh, I didn't even get this one. Yeah, it's... Uh, I thought you were going to say me and my friends. but No, no. Yeah. Uh, the stick hits uh, into a cool riff with uh, a little vocal bark. The catchy verse is, although it's a rap, the delivery is great, and he actually has some melodic moments in it. The chorus separates itself and grabs me with that great bass line and the repetitive chorus. A plan based on a band, a band based on a plan. He's got some really good pieces of lyrical goodness in this song. That's why I love it. This song is about a support group he went to to get off of drugs when he was battling addiction. And he wrote it on a flight back to L.A. From like Michigan, right, or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this album, I don't have much to say about the song, but this album always stood out to me of them kind of finding their sound, I feel like. Okay. So here's Fight Like a Brave, my number 10. Okay, that's my number 10, Fight Like a Brave, up at the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Back in 1987. <laughs> and now I'm going to jump forward. I was I went back, and now I'm going forward. My number nine is off of the album By The Way in mm. 2002. It can't stop. The back and forth with the guitar and the drums is great as it sort of builds with the main riff and when everything else sort of cuts out. The verse is really good, and the groove is infectious. A little poppy, but the background vocals really add to the verse. The chorus is good. The verse is king. The guitar after the bridge is good, but they start doing vocals underneath his solo, if you call it that. Yeah, I kind of hate that. (laughs) (laughs) One of my minor pet peeves, but they play it pretty much at every show since 2002 that they played. Although the words are kind of scattered and like a weird collection of thoughts as opposed to (laughs) something deep and introspective or something. (laughs) For me, the lyrics or the vocals is what kind of annoyed me about this song. But the riffing between Flea and John are great. Yeah, yeah. And I think for this song, the intro is the best part. It kind of loses me after that. But No, I get it. I get it. Here's my number nine. Can't stop off of By the Way. Okay, that's my number nine. Can't stop with it, by the way. So, Jake, what's your number nine? My number nine? Okay, this one is called... Off of Californication. No, <laughs> I'm moving on. On and up. This one's called Sir Psycho Sexy. Okay, yeah, um, I got it. Love the effect on the bass, but I think with this one, maybe around the time to... Uh, when it came out and maybe my immaturity or adolescence, there's something about the lyrics. They're they're dirty but witty at the same time. Very um, much so, yeah. But in the if you look at it in a songwriting structure, it's great 
sections. It's it's longer than it feels, which I think is telling, and it ends with a really cool, awesome instrumental outro. But it's a really really good song. Um, it's actually the longest Chili Pepper song on any oh, it album. Is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Eight minutes and seventeen seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sir Psycho is actually supposed to be Keytis, right? Uh, yeah, back in his arrogance and. Uh, yeah, that's even that's really graphic. Um, it kind of it's it's interesting too to look at his lyrics now and his maturity i guess you would say of like where he's more like romantic and lovey and in a different way as back then it was very much womanizing and it's actually funny and and not necessarily sir psycho sexy because you can't really get around it with this yeah but he likes to take songs that are were written with one idea in mind and change it up later to have some deeper meaning uh, further down the road i find like oh this is about this or this is about that it's, it's kind of interesting mm. like you know i forget it. i'm not going to go talk about specific songs i'll <laughs> talk about it later nice funk groove a chorus is interesting i uh, yeah it's the women singing uh, sir psycho was kind of oh yeah that's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> it really this is another song that doesn't move much musically even though it's kind of the same over and over and over and over, uh, all the way through. Yeah. All the way through, it's almost it's, it's a story, right? It's it is very much, on. yeah, different stories, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's drawing in, it's keeping your attention. That's what I mean. It doesn't feel like a long song, even though it is. But I think this song is really a vehicle for uh, the live show, and I know it's a mm. big hit when people see them live. So, anyway, here's Jake's number nine off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's Sir Psycho Sexy. <laughs> Okay, that's Jake's number nine. So romantic. Sir Psycho Sexy. <laughs> well, that was, that was Jake's. Jake used to go by that name. That was his handle on the internet for a while. Oh, yeah, on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, psycho sexy, that's what they call me. <laughs> so that's your nine? Yeah. So you're eight, right? Okay, I'll do my eight. Going back to One Hot Minute, this this is a song that I kind of wrestled with where it should land on here, but obviously sure. it's my number eight, and it's My Friends. This one stuck out to me, even back when I didn't like this album. It's dark and beautiful, that infectious melody, kind of what we talked about earlier with Kiedis and where he might shine in some moments of where he's carrying the the melody and vocals and stuff, and this one really was one of those examples. Really tasty playing. It just feels good, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's nostalgic because of, of just it brings me back, but it's just a good tune. I like the chordal octave solo that he does there. The, the, yeah, that uh, probably happens. That Navarro. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but it, but it's it's great. It's just it was unexpected from him, and I thought it was really tasty. And the the yeah. I love all of you part, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, That's yeah. what I mean. There's these moments of like where it really just opens up the song, and it gets really, really pretty. It's dark, but at the same time, it has those really beautiful moments. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I thought it almost had like that under the bridge sort of feel. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's similar to that. It's also funny. I remember and a little um, Zeppelin type of almost right? watching um, like late night TV and Letterman. I remember on Letterman they played this song and uh, Chad had broken his arm. So if you go and watch that footage, you can see he's playing it just with his right hand. The whole song with his left hand in a cast. And it's not a hard song, so he can pull it off. But yeah, he I don't think he was able to play a lot of shows. And they well, they, they were, were Millie Vanilli in it anyway, weren't they? No, they were doing no, it. No, uh, I'm on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have if they needed to, but. You can tell he's not doing all the the special little fills and ghost notes on the snare, but he's 
playing it straight ahead. And uh, it's funny they get they're on tour now. They have a percussionist that goes on tour. Yeah, I haven't yet. seen or heard any of that, but I knew that that happens. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to me. I'd like to hear what what that sounds like. What I'll put on our show notes is there's a couple of concerts that are really good online, and a lot of 2019 stuff and 2018 With 19. With the percussionist, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can see it. All yeah, right. I want to I want to see that. But I mean, Chad is just such a killer drummer. Like when I think of drummers that I'm like in awe of and always try to emulate, he's he's definitely up there because he has like this crazy power. Like he lays into it, but he also has this finesse to it too, and all these like little intricacies that are going on and just. He's, a lot of grace notes, quick foot, and for me, the weirdest thing about Chat is, is he looks so much like Will Ferrell. Yeah, that you almost think does. that it's him moonlighting as a drummer. They they did that drum off. You saw yeah, that on did. Alan. Yeah, it's funny because I had said that for a long time, and then it, yeah, I noticed people were saying that also. But it's yeah, there's something in the, the face for sure. Oh, it is. Yeah, totally. They kind of same build and everything, but it's funny that they finally uh, acknowledged each other and in, in the did that whole thing. And those of you who don't know. Uh, uh, Jake shed a picture with his hero, Chad. Yeah, one of many. He has that blown up over mm-hmm. his bed at home. So he has to blown talk. <laughs> he occasionally has to talk like Will Ferrell at home. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, let's hear my friends off of One Hot Minute in 1995. Here we go. That's the whatever the nice. Michelotto. That's the clam juice coming at me. That's a clam <laughs> juice coming at me. A clam juice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's not coming out the other end yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so that's Jake's number eight, my and friends. Clams are your friends. Yes, they're nobody's friends. <laughs> at least when they're in the Budweiser plant and being overprocessed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my number eight is way forward from that. Okay. It's off of Stadium Arcadium mm-hmm. in uh, 2006 in Danny, California. Okay. Uh, I kind of got sucked in by the video on this one, I think. And But it, it's a really good song. Oh, is this one where there being a bunch of different bands? Bands, and yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the videos are great. And uh, Danny is a representation of every girl that he's ever come across in his life. No, I thought uh, it's about a specific girl. No, nah, they, they recurs in other song titles. Yeah, it is, but it's but it's it's still it's a construct based on the women oh, he knew okay. in his life not necessarily one woman okay but it's a recurring character that kind of takes on those traits if you will oh i gotcha okay um it's interesting the beginning of this song sounds a lot like and i heard this and right off the bat because i tell you that's what i listen for anyway it really sounds like mary jane's last dance yeah in the beginning of the song and uh there was this big controversy yeah. of whether he would i looked into it there was whether he would sue uh, the Chili Peppers, and this is what Petty said. I seriously doubt that there is any negative intent there. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of rock and roll songs sound alike. I saw an interview with them when they actually admitted it. It made me laugh out loud. I was like, okay, good for you. It doesn't bother me. If someone took my song note for note and stole it maliciously, then maybe. So There's other songs I've seen, actually, that people have said is the same as Last Dance with Mary Jane. 
it's one of those things. It's like the chord progressions. Just it's one of many you're going to come across, and it's almost identical in the beginning. Yeah, but but it, but it changes. Change. Yeah. It changes quite a bit. Yeah, and the vocal line is different, and everything's different. Right. So it's, and like you said, it's going to happen. There's going to be some similarities and repeats, and yeah, you really hear it in the intro. Maybe I'll play a little of the intro first, just so you can hear the last dance with Mary Jane. But yeah. the song is much better than that. So uh, I really like it a lot. So Stadium Arcadium, my number eight, Danny California. Indiana town, I can't get up, I can't get down. Oh my my, oh hell yeah, <laughs> got to put on that party dress. You know, it's really there. <laughs> okay, that was just the intro. Now here's the actual song. <laughs> That's my number eight off of Stadium Arcadium. It's Danny California. Yeah. That's a good tune. I really like it. <laughs> I think I, the problem, it, it is a good tune. I think it's just, I. it's kind of tired in the sense, I don't know, there's something about it where I just, after a while, maybe it's because it's like another California. Yeah, they have a California word. subtext. Or maybe it. even the, the album had so many songs um a lot of filler it's just yeah one thing you can say about this band is they write they just write and write and write all well, these well, songs stadium arcadium I, they a lot of good songs are on that but it's that sort of lack of editing that we've talked about before that they put out a double yeah. album right and they and, could and have that, more i heard yeah and they could have put more on it mm. but the reality is they should have Threw ninety percent of that stuff out and, and made, and made song, one album, yeah. Yeah. and that was Rick Rubin right on this one also. I think because they recorded in that mansion the same that they did back at um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah, yeah, they went back there. But Rick Rubin, I think sometimes it's like what he does is gold, and other times I think he may, he may need to rein in the artists a little bit and make them trim the fat. But whatever yeah. it is, I mean, the album is what it is, and it's it's still there's good stuff. Like I said. It's not bad. I just felt like it's tired. Maybe they're just repeating some of the same things, which they do also. I don't know. I'm just being that's snobby. That's the biggest danger nowadays. So it's so easy yeah. to put a song out that, yeah, it's even worse nowadays, I think, that people True. don't edit and they'll just dump everything out there and they should really not. Yeah, more content than quality. Yeah. All right. So that was my number eight. So now I'm going to move back up to 1987. The Uplift Whoa. Mofo Party Plan with my number seven. <laughs> And it's a song that Jake may have thought that I was going to say earlier, uh, but I said at number seven, me and my friends. Uh, for me, it's it, it's just the song that I think about the almost the most when I'm thinking about the Chili Peppers, outside of their big one, big hits. And oh, stuff. really? The I just finished a book on the Chili Peppers called Fornication, and really good. But you kind of felt like those guys, me and my friends, and at this point of their their musical life that it really was finally it was like hey we're all back together it's me and my friends it's us against the world let's go at it and mm-hmm. then it went to crap after that real quick yeah but that moment in time i always hear that and i'm like that's just so important for the band and that's them it really means a lot oh, to yeah, Keith, yeah. even when Special he sees it today to them, yeah. because it's like we talked before and i know we've talked a lot about on this podcast that songs imprint a memory more than almost anything, even more than a picture sometimes. Yep. A song will bring you back to that specific moment, that specific person, that specific life moment you're in. 
And uh, I think it does it for them. Anyway, it jumps right into the chorus on this one. The verse is a little raw, I think, but it's in a good way. Hillel, great moving solo. Nothing really technical, though, but that's okay. Bass is awesome. <laughs> the rock rap is just, this is what this is. Me and my friends. Anything else? You got it? No, that was the standout track on that album for me, okay. but I didn't pick it. That was me and my friends off the Uplift Mofo Party Plan, my number seven. So, Jake, what's your number seven? Okay, number seven. This one actually also worked its way up and down my list because it was a super fun one that I loved way, way, way back. It's actually a, an outtake from Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic and was on the Wayne's World soundtrack. And it's Sick of Making Nico. And uh, this is your seven? Yeah. Oh. Why are you close? Well, we'll no, find no, out. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't okay. know what you're talking about. But um, I just, yeah, I had this soundtrack on tape. If we're talking about owning soundtracks, and this song always just was like stand out to me. It's such a manic tune. There's these crazy tempo shifts going on throughout the whole thing, and I think it's it's the peppers at some of their most intense. And uh, I felt like that would have been a great one to. I mean, the yeah, album I'm, was already super long. You can't add more songs to it. But we're close enough. It's not a quite match. But since we're gonna do this in a minute anyway, uh, it's my number six. Okay, good. And, and this one I thought was gonna be the one. Uh, I almost forgot it when I watched. I watched a documentary on Funky Monks. Oh yeah, I have and, that on VHS. And, yeah, and they and they went and in the beginning of it they started playing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost forgot about that because mm-hmm. I Wayne's World. I was yeah. a Wayne's World guy. Same here, yeah. And that soundtrack was amazing, and I was all over it. Yep. And Sick and Nico was fantastic. And I'm glad it's even on your list because I thought you weren't that it might oh. be overlooked. But I'm glad uh, yeah, yeah. Here, I, yeah, I was the same thing with you. Okay. I, I said, Jake, Jake's gonna he, hear me say that. He's gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that song. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Jake's number seven. It's my number six because cool. he's gonna do seven and six here, and then it's gonna be my six. So we might as well talk about it. The guitar lick grabs you right from the beginning, and it's just, it's just on fire. The aggressiveness coming out of that awesome riff, instrument, and you don't realize what the bass is playing. It's like this rapid fire bass line. It's like speed picking almost. Yeah, it's fast in your face guitar vocals. Yeah, I just remember when the movie came out and just loving it. And, and, and there's only like a few seconds of the song in and the movie. And he does almost thrash at the, at the, for the Yeah, it's for the like glass beat. Yeah, but, but it's funny because... Because... Right. It's punk, but it's mm-hmm. it's really crazy. But it's just funny it. because there's the slower kind of groove moments where yeah, Chad Smith has that kind of uh, delayed Don't you know snare that hit. Frank Sinatra... Yeah, it gives it that cool groove and yeah. then it picks up a little bit more and then it just goes in the chaotic part. Yeah, that's what I just love about all the tempo shifts that it does and... It's it's one of those things that's a shame because a lot of their songs, like we talk about them, uh, are on soundtracks. And I think maybe some songs get overlooked because it's on a soundtrack and not on an album. But this one, I think, was a, a super cool one. Yeah. Sick of Man and Nico. It, yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, you kind of wonder what that, that stands for. But I think it's I think it's if right. you say it quickly, you can sound like something. Sick of Man and Nico? Yeah. Uh, let's not say it too many times because you may hit what it actually sounds like. All right. Uh, oh, I can't stop. <laughs> I know. With the shindig. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I jumped to another song. All right. Uh, Sick of Men and Eco. This is Jake's number seven and my number six off of the Wings World soundtrack. <laughs>
Okay, that's uh, my number seven. No, my number six and Jake's number seven. Yeah. Sorry, uh, and Jake's still going on. That's uh, your number seven off of Wayne's World. So, what's your number six? Okay, let me find so quick. Okay. Oh, oh really quick. Oh, good. It's interesting in the part of the movie where that comes to. I, I was watching it, right? And so when it's a CD player, or is yeah, it a different scene? It's a CD player. Hey, when'd you get the CD player? When we got the money. But it's this disc man. Yeah, on the dashboard. That he puts on the dashboard. She's like, wow, how'd you get that new CD player? Man, it just I got, it's, it's great. It's a snapshot of, of that. Time. I remember those though. It's like. And they skipped all the Oh, time. they did? Yeah. You hit a bump. <laughs> If your suspension wasn't yeah. that good, or if you get like a pothole, forget it. Like, yep. Right. You had, you had to be, you have to drive calm. Then you have to stop the thing and restart it just to get it to like pick up again mm-hmm. where it left off. Yeah. And it would like whirr and it would work. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it spinning like crazy. Like it's going to fly off the hinge or something. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, kids, we didn't have everything digital. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. And so what's uphill both ways in the snow? Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, that was our grandparents. All right, my number six. Um, sorry. Yeah, we have we true. have the same grandparents. We people. <laughs> we're brothers from another mother. Literally. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're getting uh, we're getting into the meat now. I think we can tell. All right. Um, this is a blood sugar song. Um, this one's called "Suck My Kiss." Uh, I really love the abrasive tone of that the driving riff in the song. Um, it's got the the cool stop start tension of the band. The drums are so heavy on this song. Sure. Um, I mean, what can you say about the song? It's just it is what it is, and everyone knows it. I love the like the little hits that they have at the end of the chorus uh, of "Suck My Kiss." You'll notice that they hit like dun, they, dun, yeah. dun. they hit it three it, times yeah, the, the first starts, time, yeah, three times the first time, two times the second time, one time the last dang, time. Dang, dang. So it's kind of like yeah. they have that in their head. They it have it shows, rolling. Like it shows off a little bit of that tightness of the band, and that it's just yeah, it, it really stands out. Yeah, and it's 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 a love song. Yeah, it's in his own sort of way sure of saying be, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a, a man and his wife, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be quiet for the rest of this now. So let's hear. Uh, this is <coughs> your number six, right? Yep. Suck my kiss off of blood, sh- sugar, sex, magic. Okay, that's Jake's number six. I'll suck stuff. my kiss off of Let's Suck Sugar Sex Magic. All the way back in 1991. <laughs> All right, uh, so I guess my number six, we already know what that is. Yep. Sick of Mananico off of Wayne's World. <laughs> and my number five is off of Californication. And it's been heard already. Oh. It's Scar Tissue. Okay. Uh, it's just a great, clean guitar riff, catchy. In the music video, it's interesting that Frusciante, he's driving, but he doesn't own a license. Yeah, he doesn't drive. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. It won a Grammy for Best Rock Song, and it's spent 16 weeks at number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. When he says, close your eyes and I'll kiss you because, refers to Dave Navarro again because he kissed him and he got in trouble for the Warped video. Yep. So uh, the video is interesting, so check that out if you're into video on vivo or where have you or youtube uh yeah it's a good tune straight through uh my number five <laughs> anything else you have to say i know no. you talked about it before yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
that's my number five, scar tissue. So guess what? I just did six and five real quick. Mm-hmm. So that means you're up here. You're number five. Right back at you. All right. <clears throat> Turbo. Well, you kind of hinted at this song just a minute ago. My number five is Warped. Okay. I feel like, you know, we talked about this album. This is the perfect first song for that album. I think it's got that cool, soft intro where it's down tempo and then it just busts into that explosive heaviness. That song takes off. It has this cool, like a psychedelic bridge later on. But um, just that riff. I think there's just some heaviness to this riff where it's just memorable. You hear this one and you're like, yeah, this just uh, takes me back to that that era of the band. And we talk about the video too and yeah, the kissing at the ending. And I remember being a kid watching it and just kind of being like, what? WTF? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cause, you know, at that time, I don't know. It was just it was a little bizarre. And I mean, yeah, Dave Navarro in a, a black leather dress too. and It was a little bizarre, but... Uh, that being said, the, the video was great. And I, I should hope to look as good as Dave Navarro does in a, a black leather dress at, at that age. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. At any <laughs> age, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was right when Anthony Kiedis was getting back into drugs. drugs wrote, yeah, which is the other songs kind of alluding to. It was originally called Swirly. Anyway, he, they always used to call that a, a way that the song sounded. It sounds swirly or sounds this or whatever. It was pretty much almost like a cry for help from from yeah, Titus, I think. obvious, pretty obvious, yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, sure. But but that riff. No, I know. <laughs> it's the heavy riff and the echoing vocals and all that stuff. Here's a guy who was so disappointed that, I mean, he made it five years, I think, before yeah, he fell back five, down, uh-huh. the, down the hole again. But anyway. But so was Navarro, I think, right? He was also using, I think, so kind of... Yeah, when things aren't going well and things start tearing apart and they were going through divorces and other stuff and yeah. you know when things start you kind of fall back into your vice yeah. whatever that is right and heroin's a big a hard vice to jump back into i'll say i'm sure I'm, I, 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 i've never actually done it uh heroin i know you're the heroin expert jake yeah not i haven't used it today but yeah, yeah that's good that's good <laughs> each day is a new day Oh, by the way, right after this Warp song's done, Jake and I will just be wearing socks for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Only one sock. Only one sock. <laughs> yeah. One sock apiece. I'm yeah. not sharing a sock. You have to put it wherever you want. But... <laughs> so, uh, just imagine that after this We're after this Warped break here. <laughs> All right. So, we got to go get changed. So, here's Warped off of One Hot Minute. Okay, that's Jake's number five, Warped, off of One Hot Minute. All right, so what's your number four? Oh, me again, huh? Yeah, because I just did Sick of Nico oh, and Scar Tissue real quick, because pretty much we did Sick of Nico okay. before, yeah. Right. So that was my six okay, and five, cool. so um, five and four. My number four is another Blood Sugar song, and this one is called Breaking the Girl. Okay. This is... It's one of many examples of, I think, how well the guitar and bass played together. It's pretty obvious. I don't know. When you put Frusciani and Flea together, they just had this innate ability to play, to weave around each other and play in and out. That really crazy percussion bridge with all the scrap metal and drums that they pulled together. If you've seen that, like we talked about, that Funky Monks uh, documentary, some weird flute sounds in there, just great lyrics. You know, I think it was about Kitas being afraid of being a womanizer. Trippy video, spastic dancing. Yeah, the chorus was catchy. That throbbing bass is like always. The vocal line was great in the verse. The Mellotron is 
is really really good in this which is the flute patch mm-hmm. and everything and the band this is like one of the only songs that they play in in six eight mm-hmm. generally i mean they're they're usually pretty much straight ahead yeah the it's the instrumental breakdown that really kind of pulls it together and, and pushes it forward to me it actually didn't make my list but it was one of those songs oh. that was like right on the fringe that's like in the 15 12 13 to 15 range there's always that song that kind of pushes out it's like i can only do so many ballads again yeah and it's sometimes yeah like you said ballads or something a little more special to because you got to represent the the band too i think in in what you're picking and it's a good song though for something i always love anyway here's breaking the girl jake's number four off of blood sugar sex magic yeah baby Okay, that was Breaking the Girl off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Jake's number four. <laughs> Real quick, that was about Carmen Hawk, by the way, which was uh, somebody that Anthony Kiedis dated, and they had this big breakup, thus breaking the girl, right? And he felt like, even though she didn't do anything wrong, that he had to let her go, because that's kind of who he was at the time. This, like, roaming spirit, and he's like, you know... You can only have yeah. sex with a girl Womanizing. so many times, mm-hmm. and then you get bored and you move on. Another non-sex related topic. You know who played Mellotron on this track? Wasn't it uh, Brendan O'Brien? Brendan O'Brien, yeah. He did all the good albums. Yeah, crazy. <clears throat> He's, he was he was in that space. I mean, him and Rick Rubin, I guess. Obviously, Rick Rubin had a different space, but mm-hmm. what they were touching was gold at the time. Really, yeah. So. yeah. Blood, Circus, Sex, Magic for uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was that breakthrough moment in time mm. where you have everything going great. I mean, John would leave after the album, pretty much. Yeah, for for the first time. Yeah, in his insanity. And the, yeah, well, he yeah. kind of, yeah, he's wacky. He was talking about all of the, the ghosts that are talking to him in his head and and the yeah. spirits. And he he's had some issues, yeah. Totally. I mean, really, when you're doing that much drugs for that long a time, you know, who's to say he wasn't hearing voices? And it's just a way of him framing it, right? To uh, how he saw it in his head. Yeah. And his head was probably a weird space to be in. Totally. I mean, he probably was Hallucinating already a weird all the time, dude. right? Yeah. But, yeah, but then getting into all that stuff, it just intensifies it, too. Because, <clears throat> I mean, you can go on YouTube and see those old footage of interviews of him when he had, like, kind of left in, in the house he was living in. That documentary, I think, that Johnny oh, Depp and, yeah, yeah and... And just when you look at him then, because that's why I'll have he, a link to that, by the way. Yeah, and he had his nose reconstructed. He had teeth, like fake teeth put in, because this guy just, yeah, he was... That's why he wears the long sleeves now, because he just has all the scars on his arms and everything, and it's just... It's dirty, yeah. He had this big, hard relationship when he first came on with Kiedis. Like, he used to go on the stage. Kiedis wouldn't even look at him the entire show. Yeah, they were... He was pissed and, at And him. then went on Saturday Night Live... Yeah, and a... and they were doing under the bridge, and, and, and for something hated it. Yeah, and, and he was like yelling in the background and trying to throw th- keys yeah, off. Yeah, when he does and... the, the chorus part, and, yeah, <laughs> he was he was trying to mess them up, and oh my god, it's gosh. fun to watch, but you can feel the that tension there, like oh no, like you're kind of embarrassed and awkward for them in that moment because he's just whiffing it. Yeah, well, you got to figure that Chili Peppers were like, well, this is just a new guitarist who's going to be here for an album and gone. Like, who's this guy? And then they didn't realize until. They went through a couple, three more guitarists, right? Before he came back. Mm. In between, it was like these real quick hits for guys that just weren't the right fit. Or this guy played with 
George Clinton or something. And they were like, oh, you can play with George Clinton. You can play with us. Yeah. It's not the same. He's the guitarist, I imagine, with the Chili Peppers. Totally, yeah. He is the guy. Yeah, so. All right. uh, My number four is off Californication. And in fact, that's the title of my number four. Oh, okay. Californication. Really slow guitar uh, with drums lead into like a slower paced verse, but the melody's great. The chorus is just memorable in this song. Uh, Obviously, it's repetitive, but chili songs generally do that. It's great, and there's a lot of pop cultural references in the song. Mm -hmm. Cobain and Alderaan, which is uh, the planet that was blown up in the original Star Wars. Celebrity Skin, ripping on hole a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that Californication, the TV show, they didn't ask for permission from the Chili Peppers. They just thought it was public domain. Oh, that domain. came afterward? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Californication had been out for a while, and it was number one song in the country. And oh. and all of a sudden, they name it Californication. And in the show, they have one of the actresses name, plays a role called Danny California. Seriously? <laughs> and they didn't get any. Man, they're pushing They didn't yeah. get anything from them. Wow. So then the Chili Peppers sued them. And they settled out of court after a while. But there was this big battle. So no, They're not even trying to be oh, sneaky. Yeah. No, it's like Time had an article that was Cali Fortification. So that's where we got it from. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> right. Especially if there's two, like Danny California and California. Yeah, yeah, I was like, there's no coincidences there. No, not at all. So anyway. I mean, this it's interesting because musicians take license the other way around quite often. Like, if you look at even, like, Ola Zeppelin. Yeah, they'll rip off. uh, Like, you know, oh, we're talking about, oh, this is all about Lord of the Rings or whatever. Take a theme and kind of make your own thing about it, yeah, as opposed to... you know, they're talking about Mordor, they're talking about other things. The other way around, it's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, we're upset with that, but when they do it, when they build off a song, as musicians, we can get upset. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's, we have this, like a book's novels are these massive tomes with thousands and thousands of pages, and our song is three minutes long. <laughs> Come on, you know, it's like, and, and as the one name that we kind of <laughs> created that we were proud of, right? For, for the Chili Peppers, I'm thinking, you know, Californication. Yeah, it's, like, it's a brand that's, almost, That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That's a great name. I can't believe we came up with that. That's just mm-hmm. amazing. Californication. That's amazing. We're brilliant. <laughs> and then they see the TV show, and it's like, oh, what? 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 Oh, anyway. So, Californication, here's my number four. A little girl from Sweden dream of silver screen quotation. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. Okay, that's my number four. Californication off Californication. <laughs> In 1999. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number three is going off of Blood sugar sex magic okay and we're hitting the top three here so you know it's going to be a big song give it away okay okay drum hits and the guitar instantly grab you then comes that awesome groove it's just perfect vehicle for anthony kiedis's vocals although he does say give it away 68 times in the song <laughs> yeah. uh you know you know it's a, a popular song when weird al yankovic does a parody of it the river, he has a verse in the song where the river is born to be a giver, keep you warm, don't let you shiver. shiver. His heart is never going to be with her, whatever. It's about a river phoenix, and yeah. they were really close to him uh, when yeah. he died. And they were actually near him when he died. And uh, Flea was actually in the in the ambulance with yeah. him when he went to the hospital and when he was reported as dead. I love the Hen, uh, I call it Hendrixian. 
uh, reverse delay uh, in the solo. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and the sweet leave like, homage at the end of that. It has more lyrical depth than you think in the song. So I, I was pretty impressed for the jump, really, coming into Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and especially this song, Give It Away. Like the what I was talking before about Ketis reworking what the song's about. You know, obviously there's sexual overtones from it, but he starts talking about he said he drew inspiration from the song from German singer Nina Hagen, whoever she is. But oh, when yeah. when he when he came across one of her jackets jacket, that he liked, yeah. yeah, she insisted he take it, explaining that stuff, giving away stuff always creates good energy. Yeah. That's the so, material excess line. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the that whole he wants to. You should give stuff away. You should be free with what you have and pass it on when you're done with it. That sort of thing. So, all right. Uh, um, anything on? Go ahead. I don't know. I mean. I guess I'll just say like you did. It's my number two then, so I'll go ahead and okay. <laughs> throw yeah, no, it in there because fair. we're close that's enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this one's super important song. I can't imagine anyone not having it high up there on their their list. But there's with with all this. I mean, there's so many memorable flea bass lines, right? But this one, to me, is just one of the greatest. He's all over the fretboard, really. Um, I don't. It doesn't seem like he repeats any line any one time. You know, it's just kind of it's his own world doing sure. all that. As a drummer, this snare sound, Chad's snare sound, is like what I've always chased after. Sure. Because it just has that crack. And I even have um, his, that's my main snare is his signature snare. And I still haven't gotten it to sound that way, but it's still my, my always my go-to Chad Smith snare drum. There's just the fun little quirky parts in it, like that twangy uh, jaw harp hidden in the background there. Like you said, the backwards guitar solo. I think Frusciani, when I listen to him, I always hear so much Hendrix. I feel like that if if he was ever channeling a guy, it was always Hendrix that sure. I feel like was coming through. I mean, I know he lists a lot of people that he listens to and everything, but yeah, this song, like I said, my number two, your three, they might as well be the same. But it was very close to being such... my number. When you find out what my number two is, you'll understand why I had okay. a sort of switch. Yeah. But uh, it's it could have easily been number two. Those yeah. two were kind of changeable for me. Yeah, so that's. And I love the rolling tongue of Kitas. Give it a light. You know, when he, when he does that. Yeah, yeah, he does. Rolling writer. <laughs> Remember that commercial? I don't know. That's Anyway, that's probably before your time. It was like this pen that had like the red, the black, the oh, green. I remember those, yeah, those pens. pens yeah. yeah, but like it's rolling writer, rolling because it was like smooth or whatever. It was like some other pen like that. I was like, oh, I don't remember that. I remember yeah, they, the they had some commercial. It's like okay. it's rolling writer. You know, I can't, I can't roll my. I, 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 I'm really bad at that. Rolling, yeah, that's, writer. There you go. You got it. Perfect. It was, it was like you were the guy right there. Okay, all right. Let's hear a little give it away. The three of mine and the two of Jake's. Okay, that was my number three on Jake's number two, Give It Away. Yeah, and you can listen to that when you hear it. He's talking about everything in there is about giving away wealth and giving away uh, your material items, except for what I got, I got to get, get it, put it in you, right? When he starts talking about that, it, it makes just where chili peppers come from, mm-hmm. you know, historically, you're thinking something else, right? Yeah. But he's talking right, about, right. supposedly, he's talking about the 
the love of you know the giving away that yeah. have it on your heart what i have i want to give put it in you and put your mother and your father or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but not just the the things that you're thinking because it's the chili pepper singing it so whether or not that's true or not who knows when yeah. he actually wrote it devil meetings but i'm art. sure when he when he moved forward in life and now he means that when he's singing it yeah. at the time when he wrote it i'm not sure but yeah mm. All right, so what's your? We know what your number two is. So what's your number three? My number three. Um, well, I'm curious if this is also on your list, but this is another uh, Blood Sugar outtake. Um, was on the Conehead soundtrack. Oh yeah, I know what it Super is. Super important song. I always felt like um, it, it obviously sold a squeeze. This uh, it, to me, it's crazy that it wasn't released with the album. But like we said, there's so many good songs on the album. You can't make it over 80 minutes, but it's just one of those feel-good tunes, such a smooth groove. To me, one of the standout works of theirs, and even though it wasn't on a major release, it's still a crazy single that everyone knows, you know? So that it's, it says a lot. Yeah. Chris Farley was on the... In the in yeah, he the, was a cameo in it. Yeah. Because he was like, in that movie, right, Conan? Yeah, that's right. He was. That that makes sense why he was in it. But yeah, there was like the traveling circus vibe. Yep, he just had like Medusa hair, I think, in the video. Yeah, and there wasn't it wasn't really even a uh, a big Coneheads moment. There was just yeah, it was at, at one one scene they like walk by as one of the other freaks. Mm-hmm. He just wrote this about his struggles with addiction that he battled from a yeah, young age, and uh, yeah, this was the the soundtrack was the only place to get this for a while. Yep, I know. Yeah, until it went on the Greatest Hits album in two thousand three. That was the first time it was released, and that's 10 years after it was originally released on Coneheads. It's interesting that they have so many songs like that. Yeah. Like if you think of Sigma and Nico, or if you think about Soul Squeeze, you think all these songs are great songs, but they never play live. It's just like, boom, It's they play it live now, Soul mm-hmm. Squeeze especially. It, they never released it. Yeah, M- most I mean. bands today, like if you have a hit in a movie, it'll be on the movie soundtrack and your album. And your album, yeah. That's what always blew me away. Of like for a while, like you said, these songs were almost overlooked because they were just given to a movie as a soundtrack or this or that, and then people may not even know that it existed. And it's just this great material that may be kind of overlooked and lost just because it was it was on a soundtrack and not on a an actual release, a major release of their with their name and, on and it. And it's kind of funny you have this song that has this deep meaning, which is rare for the Chili Peppers anyway. Yeah, but it's in the Coneheads movie. Right, That's which can't have yeah. a deep meaning. It's, it's like, just bizarre. I mean, it, look at a lot of the movies that it's they release stuff on, like pretty. I don't know. It's it's just yeah. It's all pretty. Yeah, woman Pretty Woman. Yeah, pretty Woman. You can pass, but the Wayne's World and Beauty yeah, and Butthead, that kind of works. Sense, but still, it's just kind of. Uh, yeah. I I love that little clean strat riff in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that mini solo in the verse, into the verse, like right before the verse. Vocals are really good, and it's understandable in his range, and it's done great in his range. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try it. There's not a lot of dynamic range in this, but that's kind of a systemic thing sure. uh, yeah, yeah. for some of their stuff. But yeah, it's a good tune. Great. Uh, solo squeeze. Uh, Jake's number three. Offer their greatest hits album and the Conehead soundtrack. Oh, my sock almost fell off. That would have been kind of awkward. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 
I thought you were going to be a cop for a while, but I but I had an ankle sock that you could use, so that was pretty amazing. I only had the one tube sock. I was like, what are you going to use? Jake's like, oh, no, I just need one of those ankle socks. Yeah, I'm wearing a baby, a baby sock right now. No, Booties. I'm kidding, obviously. But, uh, uh, no, it's it's still on pretty firmly. <laughs> it's not actually losing it. I, I walked, I moved around. I was getting a beer. So uh, I almost lost it, but it was, it was still good. So, but it's freeing. And, you know, I, I feel I feel the breeze. It's just, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Just like you know, feel like this is the way uh, radio is supposed to be broadcast they, this way. And why you play music this way? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but that's why they love it, I guess. So that's your. We know what your number two is, which mm. is I give it away. Yeah. So my number two, ha. Well, it's some. It's a song you did already. So, it's off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Suck my kiss. Okay. And now you can see why Give It Away and Suck My Kiss. For me, I was torn between which one went where. But Suck My Kiss was my number two. It's just fantastic. I, we talked so much about it before. You know, Ketis, when he said he wrote this, he was picturing her to be so sexy that he can't help but kissing her. And the video for this was made out of all of the Funky Monks documentary we were talking about. Oh, yeah, about. when they were in the mansion. Yeah. The vocal trill in the beginning and everything is great. Straight through. Uh, Flea is just amazing. His bass, just thumping away on the song. Anthony Kiedis does great through the song. It's perfect for him. And the drums are often overlooked at this song, but it's really a focal point of this track. This is one of the, that they tie in very well with the bass. The bass usually overshadows the drums quite a bit for the, for the rhythm section kind of thing. But this one, I don't think it does. I think it's I think the drums are in there just the same. Yeah, they're they're locked in for sure. It's it's super tight, like we said before. All these stop starts and all that that tension they create. Okay, uh, suck my kiss. This is my number two, and Jake's number is way too high. Okay, that was my number two. Uh, suck my kiss off of blood, sugar, sex, magic. And now my number one. Let's just say it's our number one, I'm sure. Is it off of blood, sugar, sex, magic too? Of course too? it is. Is it about a bridge? <laughs> it, it might be in the title. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm, Under the Bridge is my I'm number one. Is that your number one? It has to be. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's... Do, 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 do. There's so many bands where we could say we could fight over the number one, but I think this one is obvious. This is, I think, the first time we've actually have we matched. No, we've done some. Have we matched on number one before? Skinnered, we did. I think. Oh, Um, Freebird, I think we did. Yeah, you're right. That's what I mean. Some of these bands, it's undeniable. You have to be like, this is like this song. I think this song and this album actually shows their musical and emotional range. But this song in particular, it's just that timeless song. It'll always be great. The intro guitar lick is recognizable right off the bat. Everyone sings along to it, just perfectly assembled, builds to that cool choir outro at the end. And then the video with Kiedis running in slow motion, what else do you need? <laughs> it was interesting because Frashante and Flea were getting really close at a point, and Anthony was off doing his uh, smack. He realized that they were being friends, and he hadn't, he'd been doing his own thing. So when he said he felt like he doesn't have a partner in the lyrics, he was talking about how he felt disconnected even from the band and Flea, yeah, who's Flea's, his brother, yeah. and he did, he doesn't even feel like he has him anymore because he's been lost in this world of uh, smack. It's interesting that Rick Rubin found this song 
in a notebook. Yeah, Yeah, because um, Ketis writes a bunch of stuff, and he let he let uh, Ruben read through it, and he went. He said, "What's this one? What's this? This is great." He goes, "No, no, it's too personal. I don't think people will like that." Mm -hmm. And actually, when they first brought it to the band, the band was like, "Yeah, I don't know." Right. <laughs> Not really about sex, is it? You know? <laughs> it ended up being great. John Frusciante's mother sang back up on this with two mm. of her friends from her church. Kind of interesting. The bridge was the place where uh, Anthony Kiedis would go under the bridge yeah. to get high. To score. Yeah. yeah. This song is instantly recognizable as soon as that riff starts. Acoustic clean. Yeah. Uh, the vocals are among the most deepest and introspective of any song that they've ever done guitars under the vocal are great and the vocal line is just consistently good and great uh in parts chorus take me to the place i love is just it's great pulls it together into a great vocal hook the bridge with the choir and it really makes the song it's just a fantastic song like you said before my number one your number one and if you don't have it at number one it better be in your top three <laughs> so uh Here's the number one song for the Dirty Dozen, which I can pretty much guarantee because it's both of our number ones, Under the Bridge. Okay, that's our number one for a rare occasion yeah. on the 20 episodes or so we've done. Under the bridge, number one. So, we're done. Yay! <laughs> let's go back real quick, and let's talk about the beer before we go recap. What's your thought about the Budweiser version of Micheletta? Well, it ain't fancy, but uh, it's it's what I remember. It's a, it's a red beer. Yeah, it's for me, it was like, it's the first beer in a while that was a struggle to get through for me. Yeah, because it's a meal. I mean, Yeah, it is. It's like the first half, like you were saying before, like sometimes mm-hmm. you just take half and that's it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I open a beer, I've made the commitment to drink the beer. Yeah. So I drank the whole thing, but at the end of it, I'm like, I have to finish it. I felt like I was doing a we'll try it or something <laughs> I wasn't really liking. Not enjoyable, At yeah. the end, not that it's a bad thing. I think the size of it is also a problem too because these, I think, I mean, yeah, they, they have their time and place, but I think also their hangover beers yeah, like we talked before, but yeah, it's you got to be in the the right space and mood for it. Otherwise, it's just yeah, really heavy beer, it. and it's a meal beer. It was it was just yeah. bizarre trying to get through it. The axe peppers helped a little bit, gave it a mm. little kick, much like you would one in a, a Bloody Mary. It's pretty bland without that, truthfully, because my second helping didn't have that, and I really struggled <laughs> to get through the second. I was almost <laughs> going to grab the axe peppers, but it was over on your side of the was, uh... the podcast studio. <laughs> So, yeah, that was fun. So let's remind people what our Dirty Dozen was for each of us, and then we'll go and use the magic of computers to come up with the actual Dirty Dozen for the for the show. So mine was number 12 was Knock Me Down off of Mother's Milk. Number 11 was Coffee Shop off of One Hot Minute. Number 10 was Fight Like a Brave off of the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Number 9 was Can't Stop off of By the Way. Number eight was Danny California off of Stadium Arcadium. Number seven was Me and My Friends off of uh, the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Number six was Sicka Menenico off of Wayne's World. Number five was Scar Tissue off of Californication. Number four was Californication off of Californication. Mm-hmm. 
Number three was Give It Away off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And Suck My Kiss was also off of that album. And so was my number one. My last three were, my top three were all off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. My number one was Under the Bridge. Yeah, okay, so my 12 is Scar Tissue and 11 is Around the World, both from Californication. 10 is Aeroplane from One Hot Minute. 9, Sir Psycho Sexy from Blood Sugar. 8 is My Friends from One Hot Minute. 7, Sikamekaniko from the Wayne's World soundtrack. Uh, number 6, Suck My Kiss from Blood Sugar. 5 is Warped from One Hot Minute. And then number 4 is Breaking the Girl from Blood Sugar. 3 is Soul to Squeeze from the Coned soundtrack. And then 2 and 1, 2 is Give It Away and 1 is Under the Bridge, both from Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Okay, so now we're going to use the magic of computers. Ready? We're going to count back from five, and it's going to be magically done. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're back with the official Dirty Dozen for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now I'm going to start from number 12, and I'm going to work my way creepily up to number one. All right, number 12 is Danny California. Number 11 is My Friends. Number 10 is a very similar song, Me and My Friends. <laughs> number nine is Warped. Number eight is Californication. Number seven is Breaking the Girl. Number six is Soul to Squeeze. Number five is Scar Tissue. Number four, just out of the top three, Sikkiman and Eco. Number mm-hmm. three, Suck My Kiss. Number two, Give It Away. And the number one song, Surprise, surprise for the Red Hot Chili Peppers is Dark Necessities. <laughs> it's under the bridge. Oh. Imagine them. something's wrong. Oh. Recount. Oh. Yeah, it's under the bridge. Yeah, so we're done. So that was fun. Yeah, it was. This is uh, International Base Month. Well, if it's not, I just made it that. Uh, because in two weeks, we're going to be back here. Another and you're going to be listening to... Uh, Primus, which is a totally different feel from Flea, but very much uh, a virtuoso over there. Yeah. Uh, thank you, number one, for being a part of this podcast. It means so much to us. Uh, thank you for taking the time and spending it with us. Uh, please, if there's a band you want us to cover, please let us know. If there's a beer you want us to drink, let us know. Next week, we're doing Primus because somebody let us know. We did Aerosmith a couple weeks ago because somebody let us know. So let us know, and we'll do the band that you want us to do that you don't think anybody else wants to do. We'll probably do it, unless it's like Air Supply, and then you're pretty yeah, much out of yeah. luck. Yeah, we have some limits. Yeah, you know, it's like a little bit of limits. Yeah, it can't be like sucking. <laughs> <laughs> no <Yeah>. winger. <laughs> winger sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Oh, look at that cool chick. <laughs> That's a dude. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks so much uh, for, for me and for Jake. I will see you guys in two weeks, and God bless. Mm-hmm.